hour number two. Welcome back in, everybody. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Connor, uh, beyond the SEC schedule reveal last night, what what did your Wednesday night look like? What did you get into? That's... I think that's all what it consisted of there. I signed out from Jimmy Austin, had to uh, go in for a teddy for the last 30 minutes, and I got in my car, and I thought this thing was going to go alphabetical order, but, man, it was right from the get-go. You saw OU's schedule. Yeah, they, they lied to us, didn't they? Yes, I, 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 got, I got in my car, and I, like, already missed it. I'm <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I uh, Well, for those that were fortunate enough to be, yeah, right by – the the tv or were streaming us on the the radio side yeah they lied to us I, i'm glad you brought that up because we were under this impression that they were going to go in alphabetical order and oklahoma would have been 11th out of 16 and instead it was like all right here's oklahoma's schedule here's texas's schedule right off the top which was probably how they should have done it but that was not how it was advertised that it was going to go down. It, it was great. It was great for the people at Rudy's to hear it right away. Which uh, that looked like an awesome, oh yeah, environment last night, and uh, really cool for Coach Venables uh, to, to swing on by. And and let's start there in hour number two. We're hanging out, by the way, at Cavens Group. Gary Cavens will join us bottom half of this hour to tell us everything going on here at Cavens Group so uh, we can all look forward to that. But at uh, Rudy's last night, Brent Venables, he uh, he had this quote that Ryan Aber, I saw, tweeted out. Quote, if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10-plus games and have a chance to hang a banner up at the end of the year. End quote. Uh, immediate reaction <laughs> to that statement, Connor. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I somewhat agree. There was plenty of games last year where, you know, it really came down to the last stretch where you really needed a stop on third down and you just really couldn't get it. And then some of it had to go with time management, but I, I agree with Brent. The defense was, you know, a big problem last year, and the offense played extremely well and good enough to win you some ball games. I was taken aback by someone that I really like, a national college football writer for CBS Sports, Shehan Jayaraja, who I guess, uh, again, I, I really like, but Shehan, I, dude, I guess you don't understand who Oklahoma football is or uh, what the expectation is around here. So Brent Venable says, quote, if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10-plus games and have a chance to hang a banner up at the end of the year, end quote. And, and we'll deep dive that statement here in just a moment, but how about this from Shehan Jayaraja? He says, uh, he quote tweets it, I don't understand why he would say this, and then follows up with, it's possible that OU could win 10 games with a pretty soft schedule if some things fall right, but he just took it from a possibility to an expectation. Why? And, Shehan, I'm here to tell you, because that is the expectation yeah. at the University of Oklahoma. The expectation is not, hey, uh, and, you know, if and when we get to that point that Oklahoma is not the 2023 Big 12 champion, and yet along the way, Here's an Oklahoma team, Connor, that against this schedule, though they, they don't win ten games, right? They don't go to the they don't go to the Big Twelve Championship game and they don't win it, and yet we see dramatic improvement defensively because hey, I, 
I hear what Shahan's saying from this this point. He said uh, as well, the defense defense should be better. They were 122nd in defense last year. They could be substantially better and still not be good enough. That doesn't even count the offense, which was shaky last year and then uh, lost its top three players. I don't get it. I really don't. And that's uh, that was Shahan's final tweet on the matter. I, I hear what he's saying defensively, clearly statistically i mean if you just look at raw numbers and if you look at the performance in a lot of games and key moments last season there's a there's a big gap to cross there's a lot of improvement to be made but that's the expectation in oklahoma like Brent Venable's statement that hey I, you know if this this or that happens i think we can win 10 plus games and you ask why would he say this well because at oklahoma you don't say uh, well i think we can win eight games this year <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to say that. You expect to win 10-plus games, a 10-plus winning season, and go play for a national championship. So, he must, yeah, he must be new to Oklahoma football. He's right about the defense, though. It can only go up from here to what we saw last year and where they ranked uh, nationally. The bit that they played last uh, from last night, I heard it with Toby and TJ, uh, just, I think, right on the, the way out the door for them, but... Uh, just before we got started where uh, they were talking about Deuce McAllister in that Oklahoma Ole Miss Bowl game, the uh, Independence Bowl to end the what would have been Bob Stoops' first season in 1999. Did you hear that clip by any chance? I, I didn't, no, I didn't. Okay, well, it was it was great. It was fantastic. You know, I, the Rudy shows, I don't think we can, we can't, we can't share the audio, I don't think, with you, but... Anyways, uh, I'll paraphrase as best I can here. Basically, Bobby Jack, right, they're having the conversation, should we kick off to Deuce? And uh, he was like, well, why wouldn't we? We've been covering it and this, this, and that. And sure enough, uh, they kick it off, and he has like a 60-yard kickoff return. <laughs> but it was it was just great hearing uh, I, Brent uh, talk about that. I completely forgot about that game against Ole Miss because there was a bunch of talk yesterday about who's some of the SEC schools that we haven't played. Now it's thinking Ole Miss. I just completely forgot about the Independence Bowl. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, at any rate, the, the reason I bring that story up is because did you get to uh, did you get to watch or listen to the Rudy show much last night when Coach Vittable stopped by and uh, the, the gang over there, Toby, Teddy, and Gabe? Yeah, I did a little bit once, once uh, BV got into the tailgating part of things, which was uh, pretty awesome to hear him. Uh, hear hear his thoughts about that. Yeah, we need to we need to uh, carve out a little time and talk about that in uh, more detail today. Just the tailgating scene at Oklahoma. I mean, it sounds like really, and, and we had kind of heard some of the rumblings on this, but it sounds like it's really getting ramped up based on uh, well the board of regents and everything, uh, the the meeting yesterday, and then Coach Venables talking about it. But a lot of people came out of last night. I didn't get to, uh, because of some other work obligations and simply not having a ton of time in between them from last night to today, I'll watch it uh, this afternoon, but I didn't get to listen or watch the Rudy show, unfortunately, last night. But the reaction that a bunch of people had coming out of it, what, I, what I've seen on social media from a lot of folks is Venable seemed very relaxed. Did you get that impression? He did, yes. He was really, really laid back throughout the whole show it it really felt like what do you make of that i it's just telling me that he's not afraid of this next step that we're going to the sec and that's the type of ball coach that you want 
Good, yes, good. That's that's who you want leading. So, someone who's not steering. Afraid. No doubt. And remember back, we, we played the clip to open the show yesterday, but uh, Brent Venables famously, and, you know, unfortunately if things go poorly, infamously, but famously, we're fist to the table, we're famously saying, uh, you got your guy to lead you into the, the SEC in one Brent Venables. So he's been all aboard this this train taking the Sooners into SEC country and welcoming the challenge. I just look at it and the relaxed nature of Brent and in conjunction with his quote about, hey, you know, if this happens with the defense, we're, we're more than capable. We're going to go win 10 games. It, it seems to me that, and maybe I'm reading in a little bit too much, uh, and this is crimson colored glasses. I got gotcha. you. This is glass half full here. But is this a head coach that's that's dropping some tea leaves out there that has settled into being the head coach at Oklahoma and is all of a sudden starting to see some signs that, yeah, 6-7 and seven is about to morph into something pretty special in 2023, or is that way too optimistic? No, I, I agree with you. Most people, most coaches would, you know, really freak out after having a 6-7 and seven season, and that's not Brent. He realizes the expectations that he has in Norman. That's why he went out through the transfer portal and brought in a bunch of help that he desperately needed on the defensive side because he's a defensive guy. He knows the defense was not up to the expectations for last season. I think the other thing we can take from that Venables quote, again, quote, if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10-plus games and have a chance to hang a banner up at the end of the year, end quote. Well, first of all, he obviously recognizes, hey, we got to get better on defense, which you, I, everybody recognizes. But it also tells me that he's feeling pretty good, I think, about what they have going on offensively, right? He does, yeah. You lose some big playmakers from a year ago, but you still bring back your quarterback. Uh, two freshman running backs, Josh, that we saw in that bowl game in front of our eyes that both rushed for over 100 yards. So, yeah, he feels feels pretty good about the offensive side. And that makes me feel good because, frankly, coming out of the spring game, and <laughs> age-old charge, do not, do not, do not overreact to much of anything in the Oklahoma spring game. And yet, uh, here very controversially, I'm going to say this, one of the reactions from the spring game, and I know there were injuries and pieces missing, the offensive line was not very good no. in the spring game for Oklahoma. It was not. And... Brent Venables from this quote, I think, is telling me and you and everyone that Walter Rouse will be along shortly. Tyler Guyton, we're very excited about yeah. the potential there. Interior of this offensive line, you know, whether it's uh, Schaefer out of the transfer portal, on and on and on. I mean, they, they have went and in-house the development. I think that he feels pretty good about what Coach Biedenboe's offensive line is going to wind up looking like. It doesn't sound like a head coach that's nervous about the skill position guys, which uh, Jaleel Farouk we feel pretty confident is going to wind up being a number one guy for OU. But then beyond that, okay, well, there's some, some question marks there. I don't get from that quote, and I know he's talking strictly defense, but reading between the lines, I think that Coach Venables is confident in what Jeff Levy and Oklahoma will have offensively. He is, and once you get some of those offensive linemen back from injuries, it, you'll feel much better. It's still really early on in uh, spring ball, but, yeah, still. You still – I mean, the offensive line was – we know they weren't great in that spring game, but also, I mean, you got to realize you 
brought in some really good defensive linemen, some great edge rushers as well. Uh, Big Rich in OKC, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. You can chime in as well. Shehan has a bad medulla oblongata. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Bobby Boucher. Boucher. Uh, Very fitting with the uh, LSU date now firmly upon the schedule in 2024. Kindle says it's still wait and see for me, which, you know, hey, I think that's fair for anybody that has that standpoint going into this season, right? Yeah, and uh, Ohio Sooner, I think it's more than just defensive improvement. They need to play complimentary football for 60 minutes too. Many times last year, one side of the ball had to attempt to carry the team, and more times than not, it didn't work. Ding, ding, ding. Very, very good. Spot on. We we can look at just the raw numbers, and look, it's obvious. Defensively, there's statistically – a lot of problems for Oklahoma, but, you know, big picture for OU, I think the biggest problem they had is, and this is probably a little bit of a no-brainer statement, but, Connor, they just weren't a team that won football games when there were opportunities to win football games. Right, and, yeah, especially, well, we talk about it all the time, especially down the stretch, but he's, oh, I'll sooner spot on with this text. You score a touchdown offensively, and then the defense just gives one right back. The offense goes three and out, then the defense gets a stop. You just got to put it all together, and that's what OU just really couldn't do last season. Well, and again, the complimentary football thing is huge. It was one of the biggest uh, kryptonites for Oklahoma last season, and yet I, I you do worry a little bit that it, it was contagious last season that you're sort of looking around like, hey, how is this about to go wrong again? And sure enough, on many an occasion, it did unfortunately go wrong again for OU so that's something that they just they got to get that corrected in 23 before they hop to the SEC the whatever it takes and Teddy would be Teddy would be a better resource than obviously myself to talk uh, on that subject but whatever it takes to get from point A to point B and point B is hey win column Sooners game over they weren't very good at that part last season there was along the way even like the West Virginia game and Texas Tech, both of those games defensively, Connor, they were really good to start those they, games. Good to start the game. And the Texas Tech, it got really bad later on. He built a huge lead in the first half. The West Virginia game was just was just very weird. Both offenses were not really doing anything for the first half and toward a little bit of the third quarter. But, yeah, I well, agree. Well, and, again, that gets back to the complimentary football piece of it where – Offensively, hey, uh, I got news for you. This is a 122nd ranked defense yeah. right now, and we've given you a, a good half of football here. And all of a sudden, you you only lead 12 to six at halftime. And then, uh, as soon as West Virginia made the change to Garrett Green, you you really couldn't stop him running or throwing the football. Texas Tech, right before halftime, it just starts spiraling on you. Florida State, some some good and some bad mixed in there too. Though that one, I you know, you probably feel better about just because you think Florida State's a better team oh, yeah. than each of those yeah. other teams we're talking about. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting quote from Brent Venables that you could read into a lot of different directions. If you want to be glass half empty, you could say, well, he's very concerned about the defense. Yeah, and that, man, that quote really took off on social media about everywhere. I saw Barstool put it out, uh, too, but... What did they say? I'm sure they had I mean, a, he just, a little bit different they, spin on it. They, they just put the quote. They didn't put any context to it, and everyone just 
was just in the comments for that. Right, yeah. But well, he, he is – BV's tell, telling some truth is. The defense – we know this at Oklahoma. It's got to be a lot better. Right. Not not breaking any magical news. So we have uh, procured the Tim Tebow audio, by the way. And uh, what about the rest of the SEC schedules? We haven't really talked about uh, anybody else's slates out there. I know that we're, we're laser-focused on Oklahoma, but uh, what, what did we make of some of the other schedules that were a lot of people talking about Florida having, you know, uh, what might wind up being, on paper, one of the more difficult college football schedules of, of all time now in 2024. So we can dive into that next, uh, plus your phone calls, your text messages. we got so much good stuff on the text line. We have just scratched the surface right there on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Josh and Connor, uh, opening timeout, hour number two right here. It's the Plank Show on the Rev. Plank Show, back with you live from Cavens Group. Gary Cavens right around the corner to uh, get us educated on everything, all the ways they can help you right here at Cavens Group. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. We uh, we mentioned it earlier. You know, there's, as would typify, a scheduling release. We've got to have winners and losers, right? And I think Oklahoma fans would tell you, hey, we're a winner in this. <laughs> this is what we wanted. And yet uh, there's some folks out there that are saying, well, wait a second, uh, is Oklahoma truly a winner in terms of the difficult nature of the of the slate? And I mean, that's, basically, that's what Dusty Dvorak was saying. But how about Tim Tebow? What did Tim Tebow think about Oklahoma's draw? And here was Tim Tebow joining, I believe, the SEC Network. Um, I'm so excited to watch these teams play week in and week out in the SEC. But I got to tell you, Peter. Dang, the SEC gave Oklahoma a gauntlet in 2024. <laughs> like, let's talk about they got to play Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mizzou. Come home, man. Like, what a gauntlet year one. Hey, that's like, you know, giving someone a hug and a spanking at the same time. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to watch. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> That's that's a nice. Uh, it is hard though, Tim, nice but we're ready for. for it. It's hard, but we're ready. That's right. We're we're excited about it. Uh, what about the the rest of the league? Before we we hear from Greg McElroy, who shared his thoughts on most manageable and most difficult. What what, what say you, Connor? Uh, are you on board? Florida, the most difficult. Some folks felt Georgia. I mean, Oklahoma, you want to make a case for OU? What was the most difficult SEC schedule we saw last night? Well, someone already pointed out on the Kniffmeyer Chevrolet text line, so I went back and looked at Auburn's. Auburn's is pretty brutal, Josh, if we're just being honest. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma on the schedule. So that's a big three right there for Auburn in their schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that, I think that one's got to be the toughest if, we're just, if you just want to put Alabama and Georgia in there. Well, and, you know, does Georgia get to say that they have the most difficult schedule since, you know, I don't know, they're the two-time defending national champion? I mean, isn't everything for Georgia, like, not altogether the most difficult? But here's what Georgia got. Uh, obviously, the one of their, just like OU, because uh, they're set to be the designated home team in a neutral side game in Jacksonville, 
uh, versus Florida, they, they lose that home game. So they, they play Florida, but obviously it's uh, like OU Texas. It'll be in Jacksonville, neutral side. Then they get Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee at home, and uh, road trips to Tuscaloosa, to Texas, to Ole Miss, and to Kentucky. That's pretty difficult there. I just think there's so many teams in the SEC that have hard schedules. I don't know if there's just one, like, toughest schedule. Because it looks like like every team is going to have a difficult stretch of games. Yeah, it's it's not going to be a layup for anybody out there. But a, a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, look uh, look at Florida's schedule because they, uh, in addition to here's here's Florida's 2024 slate uh, at home, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and then obviously the Georgia game, neutral site in Jacksonville, Mississippi at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Texas. Oh, by the way. They play Miami, Florida State, and UCF in the non-conference portion. Okay, of their I, I wasn't okay. I wasn't seeing the non-conference from Florida, man. If you count that too, that's that's not but easy. You know, we're not though. We're we're talking strictly yeah. the uh, the SEC portion of it. But I mean, top to bottom, okay. Versus Miami, versus UCF at Florida State, and then all of that with the SEC too. I mean, yeah, that's that's not gonna be easy. And then Texas will have oh. Just to go back to the non-conference, but Texas will have Michigan as well in that 2024 slate. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Pretty, pretty interesting. And and I did see some Arkansas fans joking last night that, hey, finally we didn't get the most difficult schedule of all time because Arkansas historically, uh, like the 2020 schedule, the COVID year, they just got the uh, – Yeah, theirs the is not – yeah, theirs is not as hard as it usually is for – Arkansas. And it's still challenging, too, though. I mean, you still have LSU on there, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Auburn, A&M uh, on there. So if we're saying this is easier for Arkansas maybe than in years past, I mean, it's not like, again, it's just it's, it's going to be challenging for everybody. It is what it is in the SEC. Well, do you feel, you feel good if you're Arkansas if you avoid uh, Georgia and Alabama on that schedule? Oklahoma Johnny says Vanderbilt has the exact schedule as OU except for one game they have Kentucky and we have Ole Miss that's pretty rough yeah well everything for Vanderbilt probably gonna look pretty difficult (laughs) nothing nothing is easy for Vandy yeah I don't know that there's any SEC schedule you can find for Vandy (laughs) where you say all right well Commodore we're gonna make a bowl we're gonna make a bowl game no I don't think you're ever (laughs) feeling that all right we're through a break a bunch of great reaction out there from from you all but uh, how about Cavens Group? What's going on out here? The, the, the group at Cavens, I know from the high school side with us, Connor, you could speak on this too. Incredible, the give back to the community and uh, supporting on the, the high school side as well. But it, it goes so much beyond that. Let's talk to Gary Cavens next, uh, right here from, well, the house that Gary and company built at Cavens Group, taking a T.O. It's the Plank Show back with you right after this back with you it's the plank show from cavens group and we welcome in gary cavens with us gary great to be with you this morning first off how we doing doing outstanding you know i love it i love that new schedule it's gonna be fun it's exciting we can we can dive into that in uh, just a moment uh, yeah it's been schedule 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 all day as, as you can imagine that's so for sure people are pumped up 100 percent. there's no reason not to be 
Well, tell us, uh, you, you guys are always learning and evolving here at Cavens Group. Tell us a little bit uh, about the new product that uh, you're working on, learning about with uh, fire testing. Yeah, so we have this new new deal we've been doing. Uh, it's brand new. It's a brand new science. It's brand new kind of testing, and it's fire testing. And what we do is we come in after a wildfire that you've had um, close to your neighborhood or um, close to wherever you live. If there's been a wildfire and the smoke plumes move towards your uh, business or residence, uh, we can come in and we can do testing. And basically by that testing, we can show whether there's smoke or ash damage uh, in the house uh, that came through the windows or through the doors or through the heating and air system, different different ways and we can test it and if it's there then what you do do is basically we create a report we turn it in and you can uh, issue it to your insurance company and they can pay for the house to be all clean because that soot that smoke and stuff like that is really bad for your health and so you don't want it in your house if it if it's getting in your house from a wildfire or from a fire next door or a few doors down um, so we have this new testing that's out there uh, that's uh, really kind of state-of-the-art it's a great science we're really thrilled with it and we can come in and we can test and we can tell the insurance hey the whole house needs to be cleaned certain parts of the house need to be cleaned but it, it allows us to come in there and, and make it a healthier environment for your family whether you whether it's a wildfire or even just a house fire if you had a small fire in your kitchen uh, but you know the insurance is saying well it didn't affect the upstairs well we can come in and we can do this testing and say yes or no it, it did affect the upstairs yes or no it affected the attic the insulation the heating and air duct systems um, so that's what this testing does and um, you know it, it really helps people um, make sure that they have a healthy environment at work after a fire or after a wildfire near their workplace and the same thing at home and um, so we're really excited about this testing because it's going to allow people to um, have healthier environments and it's going to allow uh, people also when working with insurance companies whether it's us working with the insurance company the homeowners or somebody else it's going to allow them to get um, get behind the science of it and really kind of crack it down and and say no this is what the investigator is saying and this is also what the third party laboratory is saying um, so you know you've got a scientist saying it's this you've got an investigator saying it's this so now we need to go ahead and take care of it and get it clean and and because there are certain kind of smokes out there that are also you know it's it's bad for you but there are some kinds of smoke and ash and soot that's really bad for you uh, depending on what burns um, you know we, we, a lot nowadays we hear about the you know military the burn pits and people that have been sick and getting cancer and dying from that um, it's a great kind of a, a example of a, you know wildfire that gets through some you know plastic area any anything that like a house fire or wildfire gets into where it gets into tires and plastics and stuff like that and you get that soot and that smoke in your house you don't want it there because it's a po it's poisonous and you want to you know want you don't want to on your hands and your stuff like you know like stuff like that you know uh, but this stuff is brand new technology brand new science and um, we're really excited to be able to 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 do this um, uh, we're talking I mean this stuff is really really new state-of-the-art well that, that's great and obviously the name of the game is you just want to know that you're safe. You want to know that you, whether it's uh, business or residence, you want to know that you're, you're safe and, and you're healthy. So I guess, uh, I mean, 
sounds like an obvious, but hey, when when do you call Cavens Group? As as soon as there's any kind of a fire nearby. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, if you have a fire. When the fire trucks leave, you need to give us a call because we can come in and start that process of uh, getting it cleaned up and getting it dried out. Because when some houses are a total loss, some businesses are a total loss, that's a little different story. But when the fire's put out, it doesn't affect the whole entire house, the whole entire business. Then give us a call. We can do the necessary testing and reports, and then we can help with the cleanup, too, if you want us to. Uh, But then we also have the mold testing. Um, We have water intrusion investigation, too. Uh, so we have, you know, our investigation department has grown quite a bit over the last year uh, between mold testing, uh, mold investigation, water intrusion investigation, and now we're adding fire investigation on. So we have two uh, investigators that are, are fully skilled on staff, which is Jessica VT and myself, uh, and then we have a couple of apprentices on staff, and then everybody else works on the actual uh, removal, cleaning, rest- uh, remediation um restoration getting it all you know cleaned up um you know when a building floods or a fire happens or mold needs to be removed um so you know we have quite the team here uh, and we're really proud of everybody and that works here and we spent a lot of time training and developing so everybody's on the same page and cross training so that when you call us we can respond as quick as possible and help you well and again as would typify a spring throughout the state of oklahoma and in you know, we get our June showers here and there, too. I mean, we're going to get and have gotten a lot of rain. So when the obvious, okay, big-time flooding event, but when are some of the other when are some of the other occasions when, when folks do call? That's a great question, Josh. Um, you know, they emergency board-ups, uh, structural issues, uh, cars hit buildings, cars hit homes, homeowners hit homes, homeowners, you know, uh, you know, it just, it happens. It's just part of life. And so after the fire department leaves, because usually a fire department's the first one on the scene, uh, if an accident happens, well, after they leave, we can come in, we can do the emergency board up, we can do the structural repair, uh, temporary structure uh, replacement and stuff like that. We can, we have a team of engineers that we work with that are basically can come out within a few hours of the accident to work with us to sec- help secure everything. Uh, we've got quite the team uh of people here at Cavens that work together to to make sure and solve these problems. But, um, you know, we've been on numerous structural uh, building fails uh, where cars have hit structural main main posts and stuff like that, and they've worked towards collapsing and stuff, and we deal with that quite a bit. We had one last week. We had them this week, um, and we've had quite a few over the years. Um, so that's something else that you can call us about uh, if that if you need us. We're here for that. And then don't forget roofing. We got roofing Chris over there. Chris popped his head well, in a minute ago. I know my like, mom and dad would say thank you very much, Cavens Group. <laughs> Chris popped in and he said, uh, uh, "He said, you know, uh, you know, we know some people in Blanchard had some hell, and some people around Oklahoma have had some hell. So if you need a free inspection, Chris is happy to come out and look and and just let you know whether you need uh, you need a new roof or you just need repairs or you don't need anything at all." Um, you know, we're not scared to say you don't need anything at all. Your roof's just perfect. nice for peace of mind. Hey, what's the situation look like? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you got to know and you got to protect yourself. Because if you're if you do have hell on your roof and your roof starts decaying because of the hell damage, then you end up with water intrusion and then you end up with mold. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's <laughs> you're saving yourself in the long run, big time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's what you want to do. And that's what we're here to do. You know, whether it's groundwater intrusion, 
roof water intrusion. Uh, you know, that's why we do the water intrusion investigations, but then we also have the roof free roof inspections uh, separate from the water intrusion investigations. Um, you know, and we're just here to, to stop those elements, uh, water um, and everything getting in your house. You know, signs that you have a water issue is water staining on the wall, bugs coming in to the inside of the house, quite a few. Um, you know, that means that you've got a, a, a envelope, building envelope issue. Yeah, that's a telltale sign. Not, not good. We don't out. like that. No, not at all. <laughs> don't like not that. Uh, circling back a little bit to the, the fire testing, I mean, and I told you before we got back from the break, Every time we talk, there's something new you guys are learning. Why is that so important to, to constantly be learning? Because I feel like that's one of your core principles here, Gary. It is. It is one of my core principles. And um, the big thing with what we do, what we do is emergency construction, plain and simple. That's what we specialize in. We're emergency construction. And, uh, you know, car hits a building, building floods, sewage back up into the building, um, tornado hits the building, smoke damage, fire damage, hoarding, crime scene cleanup, uh, structural emergencies, uh, winter storm damage, you know, just spring storm damage. We're, you know, that's what we do, uh, mold testing, mold removal. And so it's um, that industry is always changing. Um, it's um, the, the, the science behind it, the technology, um, the training is always changing. And there's a million different companies out there that train for it and certify for it. And they all teach differently and they all have a different opinion. And so I spent a lot of time going through multiple trainings of the same kind of training to get everybody's view on it so that I can implement the best way to serve our customers in the great state of Oklahoma. And um, we serve Arkansas, Kansas. I've got a crew in Kansas City this week. Uh, we've been in Arkansas several times, um, you know, and, you know, we're licensed in multiple states, but Oklahoma is our home. Um, and this is the area that we serve uh, the most. And, you know, we, uh, I really spent a lot of time traveling, uh, taking online courses and doing different things to learn the best technology and the best science for what we do because it's changing. It, it literally changes every 30 day. There's something new uh, in this industry. And if you're not uh, continuing to learn and get educated and, and train, then you're behind. There's guys that have been doing this for, since, the, you know, uh, there's guys in Oklahoma that have been doing this type of work since the 80s. But at the same time, they're not developing into the new technologies. They're not. They know everything. They've been doing it for a long time. Uh, we've been doing, you know, we've been doing it for a long time on the side of our general construction, uh, general contracting. And uh, so we've always been in it. Uh, but now we're just full scale in it. That's what we do now. And uh, I think it's a great in industry. It excites me, excites me to learn this stuff. Um, and I really, truly enjoy teaching it to my guys. I've got a great group of guys here that really enjoy what they do and they really enjoy this type of work um, and they really enjoy learning it, whether it's tear glass cleanup to structural, whatever it is, emergency wise, construction wise, that's what we do. And our guys are trained um, multiple times a week. We go through training uh, every week. Um, and we continue to cross-train and develop so that we can be the best emergency contractor out there in the state of Oklahoma. Well, that's what it's all about. You can never stop learning, and uh, you can count on with Cabins Group. You've got the latest and the greatest. Two more, uh, the, the give back. And let me just say on the, the high school streaming side, 
really, really appreciative of, of our partnership with Cavens Group on the high school side. I, I know that you give back to the community, but $480,000 that Cavens Group has given back over the last four years, you have to, out of everything that you guys have accomplished, you've got to be very proud of that. We are extremely proud of that. Extremely proud of that, Josh. Me and Jessica both, um, whether it's Special Olympics, United Way, Norman Public Schools Foundation, um, you know, giving back to, um, uh, you know, just the list goes on and on and on. Uh, sports teams, base, you know, Norman baseball, both sides, uh, soccer, um, uh, Celtic soccer here, uh, and then just giving back to the Oklahoma community in whole, too, uh, it's just huge to me and Jessica Cavins. You know, we're here. We're a local contractor. Yes, we work out of state, but Oklahoma is our home state, and that's where we live. And uh, it's really important for me and Jessica Cavins to give back to our home state, where we are, where our kids are going to school. And, you know, that's the difference between us and several other con- national contractors that are here in this community that do restoration and remediation. Um, they're not necessarily giving back to the to the local community um, on the scale that we are, um, and we really stepped into that, and we want to continue to do that. You know, if the, the community supports us, we want to step back in and support the community. That's huge to us. And, uh, you know, we, we just love the great state of Oklahoma, and we'd love to give back to it in any way we can to help it grow. Um, you know, those nonprofits, they need that help, and we, we love to, to give back. You know, we're not, we're not a greedy corporation, and we, you know, we take care of our employees, and we take care of, we want to take care of the community that takes care of us. Well, that's a, a good core principle to have. I know I've taken a lot of your time, and you've got to get back to it, to more important things than Sports Talk Radio, but just one final question. The yeah. schedule. I know we sort of talked about it off the top. What do you make of what you saw last night for OU? I love it. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of like in a lot of ways you're watching a it's depth. We knew it was going to be tougher when we went to SEC. There's no question. We everybody knew what we were doing, and I I think it's you know great for the state of Oklahoma, and I I think you know it's kind of like seeing a playoff game. You know, every couple of weeks, you know, not every week on that schedule, but every couple of weeks, and so it's you know it's great football. It's great fun. Uh, you know, and, and, and Brent and them are going to step out there and they're going to crush it and they're going to do what they do. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, as a longtime OU football fan and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I look at this year's schedule versus next year's schedule and I'm like, as Can we get to 2024? <laughs> yeah, as a season ticket holder, the, you know, I mean, as a, a third generation season ticket holder, I'm like, Let's go to 2024. I'm ready for this. You know, I hear it's you. It's going to be exciting. It's for and sure. Not that we want to fast forward totally, but it, yeah. it is. It is pretty. Uh, it's going to be fun. I do think that this year is going to be crucial. I mean, to get everything adjusted to get ready for that schedule. Need improvement. That is going to be a heck of a schedule. <laughs> Indeed, we would like to see better than six and seven before we get <laughs> over there. That's right. That's right. That's 100. percent But I mean, they're capable of it. Uh, you know, uh, Brent's a great coach, and I just um, I'm really excited for them, and I'm really excited to watch it. And you know, Duke's uh, super excited to watch it too. Oh, Duke is pumped, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's all about it. He's ready to go. He he saw the schedule last night. He started howling at it. <laughs> I believe it. How, how could you not? That's all of Sudanation pumped. Well, Gary, hey, uh, thanks for your time as always. Thanks for having us out. 
And, uh, well, I, I guess we'll be hanging out, but uh, thanks for stopping by with us. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love coming on the radio, whether it's Plank, Josh, or Steely, or, you know, it's just great to be able to The occasional to Teddy appearance. That's right. That's right. Those are rare, right? Those That's, are, those those are, are rare. He hasn't been by lately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Gary, hey, thank you for having us. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll take that and come right back. It's the Plank Show from Cayman's Group. Back with you after this. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Closing up hour number two. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Hour two, by the way, brought to us by brought to us by Allison Insurance. Check them out, allisoninsurance.com. The uh, leaderboard, uh, haven't haven't mentioned this uh, yet today. I think they, they just got underway, right? Because it's what? It's 8.58 L.A. time. The Los Angeles Country Club. The site of the 123rd U.S. Open, and obviously this will this will take a backseat for us today, as uh, you you might imagine, uh, while we continue to react to the SEC schedule that is and will be for Oklahoma and uh, and for everybody else. But uh, just in case you're curious, uh, Omar Morales and Jacob Solomon and Dylan Wu, uh, who 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 uh, atop the board, they're all two under par. So far, let's see if there's a big name. Francesco Molinari, there's a name folks will will be familiar with, a, a major champion winner. Shane Lowry, a major champion winner. Both uh, one under par. Xander Shoffley, one under par. And my pick to win, because uh, he plays well out west, is John Rahm, who has uh, played one hole, and he's one under par, Connor. Yeah, and I, saw, I heard Toby mention this morning that he likes Max Homa. That's a name that I haven't seen people... Uh, bring up for a chance to win this weekend. Tyler Woodward picks picked Max Homa and Toby. I think oh my Max bad, can't Ty- Tyler picked Max Homa. Yes, I like that pick too. I'm a big Max Homa guy, and you know me, I like to go against the odds, so I'm taking John Rom. All right, uh, hour number three of the Plank Show coming your way next.